This week, do yourself a favor. Lay off the fucking time cop. This is Body Counts and Beer. Hello and welcome to another edition of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosenthal. I'm Patrick Bromley. I am occupying the same matter as Jonathan Rooney Taylor. It's true, because we're all vaccinated. Hey! That's right, for the first time in a long time, since the before times, we are back in studio all together, by which I mean my living room. In our customary cuddle pile. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. I was gonna tell the listeners. Yeah, I didn't know we were we were letting them in on our Taika Waititi, Rita Ora, Tessa Thompson like thruple situation we got going on right here. Fuck those Disney executive prudes. Yeah, I agree. He's having the best time. Hey, you know what I say? Let him fuck. <laughs> Wait, did Disney go? You can't have a threesome. Uh. Unnamed Disney executives are upset, apparently, ah. according to a report. Oh, fancy. That's yeah. one of those things. You know how it is. As reported by BuzzFeed. Mm-hmm. Now, this is, I think this is either the same report that says that George Lucas is so mad that he's funding Star Wars himself again so that he can make <laughs> his own sequels. And he's got a writing credit on the Cassian Andor series. So he's going to fight Kathleen Kennedy to the death. Yeah, his is going to be called Space Combat. True. <laughs> Space uh, Kata. Uh, I heard that George Lucas uh, made uh, D- Dave Filoni the new head of D- Lucasfilm. So now finally they can rectify all the things that Kathleen Kennedy did. Even though, uh, fuck that shit, Kathleen Kennedy put Dave Filoni in charge of... A year ago, <laughs> during the pandemic, you dumb shits on the internet weren't paying attention. Well, Mark, I have an uncle who works for George Lucas, and he said he can get me the new Star Wars game before it comes out. Guys, you probably shouldn't be, like, uh, you know, upgrading people with the last name Felony. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's both spelled and pronounced differently. Well, that's the start. <laughs> Uh, So anyway, speaking of felonies, this week we are discussing the 1990, I'm going to say four? I believe it said four. Yeah, classic. What's the year it takes place? Which is absolutely the year it was made. Yeah, Yeah, sounds good to me. I'm thinking so too. Uh, The Jean-Claude Van Damme uh, meets white male privilege run out of, uh, run amok uh, allegory, time cop. All one word. Yep. Time cop. Half time. time. Half cop. All cop. (laughs) Uh, So time cop begins, as all movies do. With two universal credits. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Yeah. One for each timeline that the movie creates. Yeah. That's why the second one touches the first one and turns into a pile of goo teeth. Spoilers. Come on. That's the one thing you know about time cop. That's true. Goo teeth. (laughs) Yes. By the way, Goo Teeth is the name of my punk band. Oh, fancy. Mm-hmm. Nice. It's not fancy at all. Oh, come on. Do you, like, just strum really hard and get shithoused? Oh, yeah, I do. I guess that is pretty That's fancy. It's pretty you're punk right. rock. Yeah, you know no, saying? you're right. You like I've... top tier stuff. Mm. 
That's good. Anyways, neither of you know what the fuck you're talking about. I'm so mad. No, man, I just watched Decline of Western Civilization by Penelope Spears. (laughs) I know all about punk rock. Ask me anything, unless it's about English people. (laughs) They weren't featured. It was a purely LA based punk experience. Famously, there was no punk bands from uh, England that are really worth bringing up in conversation about the history of punk. True. Yeah. 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 Uh, Patrick, you gotta follow that up with the Decline to Western Civilization Part 2. The Metal Years! Hell yes! Can I tell you that's the most disturbing of the three? It's the best one. And that's not counting three, which is just about gutter punks and how their lives are miserable. Yeah, it's real bad. Uh, but Decline of Western Civilization Part 2 of The Metal Years uh, has one of my favorite documentary moments of all time, which is Ozzy Osbourne, drunk and or stoned <laughs> and or both off of his ass, Attempting to make eggs. Yeah. <laughs> he cooks bacon and pours orange juice on the counter. <laughs> also kisses Paul Stanley is exclusively interviewed from a bed with lots of prostitutes. Yes, he's on a bed surrounded by scantily clad women. Yeah. Uh, also... These are classic films. I believe in the, they're in the Library of Congress there. Yes, absolutely. Also, yeah. uh, the guitarist from the band Wasp. Uh, who everyone remembers from their song Animal Fuck Like a Beast. I of mean, course. It's a great metal song. It is. And he drinks three handles of vodka <laughs> in a pool with his mom. His mom sits poolside the entire time as he literally drowns himself in vodka. Yeah, it's it's pretty impressive because you have Joe Perry and Steven Tyler from Aerosmith who are somehow being gigantic assholes and also coming off as the most likable people in the movie. Yes, well, they were the toxic twins. Except for the guy from Motorhead who's stands around like in a parking lot in his jean jacket and is like fuck everything man motorhead rocks motorhead fucking does rock i guarantee like look up any interview with lemmy and like try not to crack a smile oh yeah no that guy's killing it rules yeah i love that era where he was he had like lost the rights to some early motorhead stuff and he's like don't fucking buy the new Motorhead. It's all bullshit. They didn't give us any money. They're ripping you off. You can find our stuff in the discount bin. Just buy it there. Fuck yeah. Yeah. And the final honorable mention there is the guys from Poison telling you that they only drink and they swear. <laughs> sure, Brett Michaels. There's also dozens of like... Metal hair metal bands you've never heard of. Oh yeah, including my personal favorite, Odin. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and like every single one of them is just like, we're gonna fucking take over the Sunset Strip and we're gonna be the biggest fucking band in the world. And then it like all you need to know is like ten years later, Randy O, the lead singer of Odin, is now a plumber in Beverly Hills. Yeah, buddy. Plumbers make damn good money though. They yeah. make better money than metal guitarists. That makes true. Better money than I do. Yeah, right. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, so, anyways, that's a skill. Uh, Time Cop. This is the movie we watched. The Cop of Time. And it begins as many movies do, as all movies do, in fact. uh, In the Civil War. That's right. With Confederate soldiers being uh, stopped in the on their way on the lone dirt road uh, by a man missing a very prominent front tooth. 
Yeah, Toothy, the front tooth. Yeah. Yeah, and he's hassling these Confederates for their wagon full of Confederate gold. Yeah, he says, I know you're bringing a wagon full of Confederate gold to General General Lee, so just go ahead and hand me the gold. He asks nicely three times. The Confederates, as Confederates are wont to do, are giant shitholes to him. Oh, yeah. So he responds the only way he knows how, with two laser Uzis. Hell yeah. The Confederates don't see that shit coming. And the movie is just like, ooh, look at this evil man doing crime. And I was just like, I don't know. He killed a bunch of Confederate soldiers. I'm pretty all right with that. And he managed to save their horses, too? Yeah. Yeah. And that Confederate gold bullion, that's real gold bullion. That's not like bison bucks at all. That's true. You can bite it and leave teeth marks. That's how you know it's real. You could spend it back in old-timey times, and you can spend it today. Oh, shit. Patrick, how do you know that? Oh, because we're going to find out in the movie. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. We get back to Time Cop headquarters. Sure, in yeah. the movie, mm-hmm. Patrick. <laughs> oh, trust me. My people didn't get any of the Confederate gold. <laughs> uh, so, uh, we then jump forward in time to 1994. We are in a mall. As you do. I mean, I spent all of 1994 in malls. Yeah, it it was the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Getting Uh, pizza slices, banging arcades. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I mean, I was getting arcades and banging pizza slices, but you do you, I guess. you know, that's reasonable. (laughs) I would always fuck up at the arcade, though, and spend my whole $1.50 on a Street Fighter 2 game and just immediately get demolished. Yeah. (laughs) I would always think in my head as I'm, like, in line to get up to B-Player 2, I'm just like, oh, man, these guys don't know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> I'm going to get E-Honda and 100 hand slap my way to victory. I would always pick Blanca and then just stand in the corner. Do and, the electricity. And do the electricity oh, yeah. thing. Just go crazy. And then just enrage people at the roller rink where I played Street Fighter. Because nah. those fools are just like, I know, I shall, kicks and punches shall be the key to this victory. <laughs> no, you morons. Hadoukens. Or, if you will, Sonic Booms if you're nasty. Yeah, Sonic that's right. Boom! Or you could always get the shadow elbow. Just throw a little of that action out there. Not oh, on an electrified Blanca. See? Also you... Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah. You've also made the rookie mistake of thinking that a special move, Melee, is going to get through Blanca's electricity. It will it, not. It won't. You'll get to see your character skeleton, and it's pretty cool. That's right. Oh, that's terrible. And then after Blanca defeats you, he's going to punch that car Hell real hard. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Hey, favorite Street Fighter Two stage music? Oh, I don't remember any yeah. of the, the main one, I guess. I don't know. <sighs> My favorite Street Fighter 2 stage is definitely Zangief's home, where a bunch of hooligans just, like, yell at you from behind a fence. And a bear. And yeah. a bear. <laughs> that bear's a fucking lieutenant, John. <laughs> I can't, when we got... It's that Polish bear that, yeah, they, right? that they built a statue of. When we rented Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo for the Super Nintendo, my older brother's friend... Uh, was making fun of me for picking Zangief. And he's like, USSR broke up, dude. And I was like, no! No, they didn't! They got a new album coming out next year and it's gonna rock, man! I had been so brained poisoned by all of the leftover 80s movies that were playing on TV constantly that I was like, the Russians are our biggest threat! Send aid to the moon! <laughs> Couldn't even get the whole name out. Oh, yeah, well. That's right. God bless you, Rambo 3. That's right. Colonel Guile would like to dedicate his victory in the Street Fighter tournament to the brave fighters <laughs> of the Moon. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, also, uh, Guile's background music is the best background music in all of Street Fighter 2. That's probably true. I it's don't real remember. Good. That might well be true. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we're, in, yeah, we're in a mall uh, where we see Ferris Bueller's girlfriend, Mia Sarah, uh, walking around this mall. And she uh, walks out of a drugstore, puts something in her purse, walks in front of the creepiest clock store of all time. It's got big clocks for your big clock needs, medium-sized clocks for the weekend, and... Little clocks just for you. And they all have incredibly dissonant alarms that all go off at the same time. Correct. It's movie law that if you show a clock on screen, it has to chime. That's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or alternatively, play Sonny and Cher. Mm. Mm. Or spit out a bird. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's true. Hurling birds. Hurling birds, that's my punk band. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, that's quality. We follow more of the surfer punk stuff that kind of got like isolated to the Japan punk scene in oh, the 90s. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. Check out Number Girl if you're into some like real good surfer punk. Oh, yeah, yeah. why not? Anyways, uh, a strange man with a French accent or Belgian accent steps up behind her. And I cannot express how stilted the dialogue is in this scene, so much so that I... Swear to God, I thought that they were two spies making contact and trading code words with each other. It's like this one scene is what the entire, all the dialogue in the movie Tenet are like. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> the whole the whole scene is just like, you know... Uh, Was well, there's never enough time. Enough time to do what? To please a woman. Well, then I guess you need to take every opportunity you can get. Yes, I guess I do. Uh, I'm what? Ma- yeah, I'm married. If well, where is your husband? If I turn around and he's not here, I'll go with you. Then she turns around. She goes, "You'll do." And they start making out. Now here's the thing: astute viewers will notice at no point does she confirm that that is in fact her husband. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. She doesn't even look for her husband. Nope. Nope. Uh, they start making out and they walk through the mall for a little bit. Uh, a man steals a purse and he like. Uh, a man on rollerblades <laughs> with half purse. moon sunglasses. You're yeah. right. An extreme Mountain Dew thief takes a purse <laughs> and, uh, and Doritos his way down the mall where Van Damme greets him with a, uh, a held in place high kick. And the guy comes to a screech and haul and he goes, read it. And he, he looks at a big close up of the boot and it says Wolverine. And he goes, Wolverine. He goes, read between the lines. And he goes, I should get the fuck out of here. And he goes, uh-huh. And that purse, it doesn't look good on you. <laughs> now, here's something that I realized during the viewing of this movie. Of all of the action stars of the, like, early to mid-90s, I'm really leaning hard into the Jean-Claude Van Damme camp. Because this dude is not afraid to look stupid. Absolutely. <laughs> He's the only one that... Uh, he will definitely let himself get, like, beat up in movies. I was thinking that, too. Like, Seagal would always have in his contract, like, no, I don't get hit. I do the hitting. Yeah. Right. Which just makes all the fights real boring. Yeah. But yeah, Jean-Claude Van Damme is like, sure, you throw me off a roof, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, Jean-Claude Van Damme's whole thing is that he's always an underdog. He's frequently the most ripped, most flexible, 
best looking dude in the movie, but no matter what situation he walks into, he is always the underdog and will frequently get his ass beat initially and then somehow muster yeah. like like Hulkamania-like strength <laughs> and then turn the tables on whoever his aggressors are. It's the way of the Belgians. It really made me wish that he had done like a Jackie Chan buddy cop movie. That would have been real good. Yeah, I think a big issue with his career was that he kind of got... Addicted to cocaine? Yeah. Oh, I mean, let's like do it. Like mountains of cocaine? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. Because yeah. you can have a little bit of cocaine. Listeners, you can have a little bit of cocaine. <laughs> it's your little treat just for you. I won't tell. Uh, but can... in- in- interestingly enough, Time Cop is actually the most successful uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme movie theatrically. It's the only one of his films to top $100 million at the box office. No kidding. Yeah. Uh, and after this, he would go on to make... Um, but this one doesn't have the star appeal of Wilford Brimley. I know. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I know. But after this, he would go to make Sudden Death, which only did kind of okay at the box office. Well, because here's the thing. They made it, again, in the 90s during the giant hockey boom of the 90s. Yeah. But it came out right after that wave had crested. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, Kevin Smith had already done three movies where he talks about fucking shit hockey all the time. <laughs> and the public was sick of it. Although, I will say this about Sudden Death. Uh, there's a part where Jean-Claude Van Damme has to suit up as the goalie. He's gotta be goalie. Yeah, for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And he takes and, it seriously. Yeah, and he fucking gets, he saves a shot. Nice. And then immediately skates off the ice. Of course, because <laughs> he's got a bomb to stop, you guys. Uh, so many bombs. Also, it's like 90s Pittsburgh Penguins, though. So that's yeah. like, Lemieux's got this. Yeah, well, Lemieux doesn't play goalie. Well, no, no, no. He's just going to score all them points, though. You don't need a goalie. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mario Lemieux's not in the movie, I don't think. Probably couldn't afford him. Yeah, they they definitely have some players from the team. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, maybe even Yermer Yager, because I think he was oh, on wow. that team back in the yeah, day. Yeah, sure. But it's just his jersey. I don't no, think he's yeah. there. Yeah. Um... But this anyways. does make me want to track down the entire lineup of the 90s Pittsburgh Penguins and just, <laughs> will you sign my DVD copy of Sudden Death? <laughs> Which of the Sudden Deaths is your favorite? <laughs> They did actually make a sequel recently, a spiritual sequel, uh, which is actually kind of a fun comedy action movie starring Michael J. White. Yeah, good yeah. yeah, straight to Netflix. It's not very good. I thought you were going to say John Cena and it was going to be the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> oh, man. That sounds rad as hell. Oh, that sounds so great and stupid. Uh, anyways, so... John Tom- Cena, make more career mistakes. <laughs> yeah, right? So we can get you this Tampa Bay Lightning movie. <laughs> Uh, so anyways, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme and uh, Ferris Bueller's girlfriend are like, uh, hey, let's, she's like, I can see the future. And he's like, oh yeah, what can you see? And she's like, well, I know it's going to rain. I know I have the day off. And I know that we both have the afternoon off. Yeah, that's right. Because this was in the 90s economy where you could just take the afternoon off. Yeah. That's true. And uh, then she makes a reference to a, a derogatory thing she said about his English comprehension earlier. Yeah. And then... Fucking. Yeah, then Cut they fuck. Fucking. Yep. And, just, and it's very much a Van Damme fuck scene, in which case a lot of it lingers on just his thrusting butt in yep. slow motion. Yep. True. Um, but it is a lot of just close-ups of just masses of flesh just rubbing up against each other. Yes, it's very languid and soft focusy, and everything's like slightly red. Yeah. And of course, there are 9,000 candles. 
in this bedroom. Yeah. True. <laughs> As True. per standard 90s fuck operation manual dictate. Well, up until yep. the end of the movie when they turn on a light switch, I thought there were no light switches in the house they lived in. Like they just bought it and they didn't have the utility switched over yeah. yet. Yeah. Yeah. I thought for sure the whole place was lit by candles. Uh, anyways, after they fuck, it cuts to nighttime and uh, she's like, I have to tell you something. Buzz, phone ring. Don't answer that. I have to answer it. It is my job. That's true. It's his job to answer phones. He That's is right. frontline customer support. Yep. That's an important duty. It's a thankless job, but it's necessary because nobody ever calls that number if they're having a good time. <laughs> that is true. Be nice to your phone support representatives. <laughs> <laughs> Take the literal three seconds it takes to say they did a good job after your phone call is done. Fair. If they did a good job. No, regardless. Because if they did a bad job, I guarantee you, it's not their fault. They are simply incapable of giving you good service at that point. They want nothing but, and I speak from experience, every time someone would call the customer service line I worked for, I wished to God, please just tell me you need to restart your computer and that fixes the problem. As fast as I can get this problem fixed and go away, the better it is for everybody's day. <laughs> like, I wanted nothing better than to just solve your problem and go away. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Uh, also, uh, your uh, you're, uh, Uber drivers, you should probably tip them a whole lot. There's a pandemic going on. And Uber's got this new thing where if you're unvaccinated, you ride free. <laughs> what? That's your tax dollars at work. Yep. The government partnered with Uber and Lyft to take unvaccinated yeah. people to their vaccination appointments. For free! Which guarantees you a car full of unvaccinated people. Sure does. Ugh. Anyways... Uh, there's a, Van Damme gets up, he puts on his cop uniform, he's like, ah, I'm probably gonna take this new job of this thing with this guy, bye honey, I have something to tell you, it, wait, you just tell me later, tell me when I'm home, okay, he opens the door, he's immediately cold cocked with the butt of a gun, yep. uh, and then dragged outside by future goons, oh no, goons from the future, you can tell cause they've got like, Metal shin guards for some reason. Yeah, they've wrapped garbage can lids around their shins. Yeah. Uh, and they have weird haircuts and leather dusters. Yep. But also Hawaiian shirts underneath. Very loud Hawaiian shirts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyways, the future goons start wailing on Van Damme. They punch him a couple times. They shoot him a couple times. Meanwhile, his wife is being held hostage up in the house, screaming for help. He finally musters the strength to get up, and he starts to run to the house when the house fucking blows up. Cut two. (laughs) Take it easy, future goons. 2004, The Reckoning. Yeah, they got tank cars. Well, no, cut to like 19 depression times. Oh, yeah, that's right. We go back in time. And it turns out that some guy's been going back and pulling a biff and buying stocks. Yeah, specifically in some oil company. Yeah, um, yeah an oil company. Who could possibly imagine the stock price going up on an oil company? He must have future information. I mean, it's an American oil company, so... <laughs> yeah, them shits get bailed out every year, my dude. 
Look at the subsidies we pour into no, the domestic oil business. That's fair. Uh, we know he's uh, from the future because he's got a copy of the USA Today from 2004 and the New York Times or whatever from 19-whatever. And he's also, he's got big fucking 90s headphones and like a DAT tape player. Yeah, he's got a mini disc tape player or something like that. Uh, and also, yeah, this is depression times. Like, when he gets to the office, like, the third jumper has just jumped that week. Yeah. Five floors, not counting the mezzanine. <laughs> uh, he's also got that cool old-timey stock ticker, which is just a clear Ooh. globe with mech machines that just spits yeah. out a never-ending thing of tape. If yeah. I could get, like, Twitter to do that. Oh, oh man. Beautiful. Be so yes. good. Just hundreds and hundreds of feet of just white paper Darling, tape. you're not going to believe this, but it looks like Teika Watiti's in a spot of hot trouble. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyways. Oh, a promoted tweet. I can't wait to see what product or service is on my new horizon. It looks like some sort of home insurance. Sweetie, good deal. It's a limited time offer. <laughs> uh, so anyways, uh, Van Damme. Um, oh, I broke my fucking <laughs> bottle opener. Oh, no. Anyways, Van Damme shows up to oh, hassle shit. this guy for Sorry, these stocks. This is going to be a while. We need to get this sorted out first. No, no, you continue. Those I are can... nail clippers is your first problem. It's a bottle opener and nail clippers, John. This was a gift from my sister after I accidentally bought her the same thing, but <laughs> her, mine said Las Vegas and hers said... Her says Philadelphia. Oh, no. No, no, you're so close. You're so close to doing this right. If he, can, if, he, it, if he can slide one more piece into place, he will have solved the lament configuration. We'll get to meet a hellblazer. I did it! Hooray! Nice. You solved the toenail clipper. We came. We will take you to a world where toenail clippings bring unbearable pleasure <laughs> and unspeakable pain. Real quick question. How viscous is your skull? Can I just push those pins in or do I need a hammer? Cause Stop. This, Stop. this really bothers please me. Please stop touching my skull. Please. No, please no, no, stop. Gotta, oh, no, please. Ouch! Oh! No, if you, if you take this oh, one out... Oh, my head's then... so viscous. Please stop. If we push all the pins in, he'll just be called head. You guys no, are that's... so wrong. Look. You gotta take the pen on the right and jump all the other pins until there's only one pin left. Oh, all right. We'll reset the board. We'll try this again. Oh! A pinhead. Oh, no! Hold your nose and blow real quick to make all the pins go back out. Also, somebody let me know where my cracker barrel is, because we've only got a few minutes on this thing. But I'm the cosmic traveler. <laughs> I work for Leviathan. Okay. <laughs> Yay! Ping, 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 ping. Oh, no! <laughs> yep. You'll get caught up in the Hellraiser. <laughs> yeah. No, this is oh. a good sequel we got going here. Yeah. <laughs> Give us your money, Clive Barker. I mean, it's better than like nine of the Hellraiser sequels that exist. I mean, that's fair. It's better than what is it? Fucking Nightbreed? What oh, if X-Men yeah. but underground and bad? Yeah, Ooh. that's right. Oh, man. oh, Nightbreed. Don't put them underground and make them bad. <laughs> That's terrible. We've already got the Morlocks and Mole People. It's true. The Marvel Universe cannot have any more underground bad guys. So anyways... Uh, that was the Jim Shooter edict. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, uh, 
a future man with heavy metal headphones who's stealing stocks uh, is going to get away with He's buying them totally legit. He, whatever. Anyways, all of a sudden, uh, a bubble appears uh, in the room. Yeah, Capri and... Sun empties into a room, <laughs> and then it's uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. And with he... Mel Gibson mullet. Yeah, well, it's to know that it's 10 years in the future. That's true. Yes, in the 10 years in the future, he's cultivated a, a Mel Gibson mullet and also George Michael 5 o'clock shadow. Yeah, he does keep the 5 o'clock around. Yeah, so he walks through and he's just like, oh, hey, my old partner, how are you? And he's like, you broke the law, you have to come back with me. And the guy's like, I'm not coming back with you, I'm gonna call my goons. And the first goon who walks in is some big sandal looking old timey muscle man guy who's like, I went 10 rounds with so-and-so. And he probably gets fucking punched in the dick. Uh, he gets kicked in the dick. That's right. Which is the one thing that's not allowed in boxing. Nah. A yeah. gentleman's sport. Yeah, he gets the pu- sweet science. Yeah, he gets punched in the dick and then kicked in the face. And then the other guy's like, why I order? And then Van Damme does the splits and punches him in the dick, too. <laughs> yep. That's a lot, of dick punching. a lot of dick punching. Well, you gotta get those guys down. Keep them down. That's true. Well, what you don't see is, is uh, unlike in Terminator, where you go into the viewpoint of the main character, we never see the first-person view where Jean-Claude Van Damme has the glowing red weak points of all of his opponents. Mm, yes. That's something you get ten years in the future. Sure. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, the guy that was selling the stocks pulls out some big black log that's bullshit, and it shoots at Jean-Claude Man, Van Damme. Man, I, <laughs> I also cannot express how much fucking cooler... Like, weird future guns were in the 90s movies. The only problem with them is they all look like they weigh, like, 40 pounds. Yeah, there's not a lot of heft to them, but they do make, like... (laughs) Like, weird Three Stooges noises. This gun in particular, he fires a bunch of times, and when he runs out of ammo, it goes... Yep. Like like you're taking pictures at like an old timey like camera. Yep. It's actually I think it's the sound that plays at the beginning of Girls on Film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you don't know Guile's theme music. Okay, Mark. Yeah, uh, that's because Duran Duran fucking rules. So does Guile's theme music. Pfft, that's fine. Name one more Guile's theme music song. I bet you can't. Kyle's theme music remix, parentheses, Street Fighter 4 Arcade Edition. All right, you got me. (laughs) Take that, nerd. Yeah, you're right. Anyway, uh, fucking stock goon is just like, well, I better jump out this window. And Jean-Claude Van Damme is like, let's maybe go a different way on that. And he's like, no, you don't understand. The guy who's paying me to do this crime, he'll kill, he, he will wipe out my whole family. Me, my kids, my wife. My fucking cat won't have ever existed. I'm pretty sure your wife would still exist, though, right? Yeah, he says specifically he'll go back in time and kill my grandpa, and then I, my wife, my kids, yeah. and my dog won't exist. And it's just like, all right, but like, I does guess, that mean your wife is your cousin? Like, I guess existentially, it won't be his wife any. Like, she won't exist to him in that sure. role. I guess. I think you're giving and that also, movie a little too much credit there, John. Also, pretty sure the cat would still, like, be alive. It the, would just be the, somewhere else. The cat's also his cousin. Oh, no. In any case, what happens to be my favorite sequence in this movie? Jean-Claude, he jumps out the window. Yeah, Jean-Claude he, Van Damme. By the way, real quick, he does name the person 
who is paying him, and it's Senator, Senator Aaron, Aaron McComb, McComb, who yeah. was the guy we saw earlier in the movie. There was a whole scene where they were just like, we need to start time cops because there's bad people time traveling. I can't believe we didn't talk yep. about that scene. It's literally what the whole movie's about. But what it all boils down to is that bad guys are going back in time and changing things in the future, so we need to create police to stop them from doing it. And then the main government guy's like, fuck that, I'm smoking a pipe indoors. I'm not doing this shit. And then Ron Silver, who plays Aaron McComb, is like, give me this committee. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Anyways. So in my, one of my favorite sequences in the movie, uh, this guy jumps out of the window, and Jean-Claude Van Damme jumps out Batman style and grabs a hold of him, and he hits the buttons, and they go back to the future, where this guy goes to Time Cop Court. And then Time Cop Court... A uh, Time Cop Tribunal, I think, is a more accurate <laughs> term. Time... There is no jury of peers in this that, due that, process. That's, that's well, this true. is that's because this is small claims, Time Cop <laughs> Court. <laughs> but the three judges just sort of look at each other and be like, seems pretty guilty, right? Yeah, guilty. No, I right. did. So, I was going to go not guilty, but you guys pressured me into it. He refuses to testify, so Time Cop Tribunal sends him back in time and throws him out that window again. Uh, no, they just let him continue falling. What I love about that scene That's is... so great. Him and Van Damme just start fl- dropping down, and like the doorman and like oh, the Irish cop like looks up, and he's just like, Oh, fate and Begora! And then they disappear, and he's like... Oh no! And he gives a little sign of the cross, and then he reappears, <laughs> smashes into a car, it explodes, and the guy goes, "Oh, poor fella! Tomorrow might have been a better day." <laughs> yep. And he winks at the camera. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, nothing phased the steely-eyed uh, emotional repression of an Irish cop. <laughs> uh, I think know- the city of Boston will back me up on this. Mm. Yeah. Yes, they will, absolutely. Violently, if need be. (laughs) No, thank you. Stay over there, Boston. Too bad they're already loading up their Duncan guns. true. There was like a a very brief period of time where I was trying to figure out what college I was going to attend back before that was ever like a question. Like, you just go to college, idiot. Sure, you just show up there and see the classes. You get... Crippling amounts of debt, but don't worry. Your first job with a college diploma, you're going to make that money back and then some, friend. What's that, 2008? Don't even worry about it. Anyway, I was like, huh, maybe I should check out this Boston. It seems real charming on Cheers. I think I remember being there once when I was like 10. Seemed like a pretty nice place. I then Googled it. The police abuse statistics was one of the first things that popped up, and I said... I'll go for my second choice. But it's the home of the Wahlburgers. That's true. I can't get a Wahlburger in any other city. It's true. Uh, actually, that's not true. Now you can actually oh, buy... Oh, is it in L.A.? They got one downtown here. Yeah. I've been past it. Not only that, you can go to Jewel and just buy fucking Wahlburgers patties. And I can Wahlburger went... them myself? Yeah, you can Wahlburger They went the White Castle route? Yeah, that, well, no, they're yeah. not frozen Wahlburgers. They're not frozen burgers. They're, like, in they're the produce. Fresh Wahlburgers. Like, yeah, they're in, like, the, with the other meats. Just like the other ground meat. I gotta supply my own bun and toppings? Yep. Bullshit. Ooh, Fuck but you. Can I buy a Wahlburgers brand bag of frozen crinkle cuts and crispy straws and it's called the Funky Bunch? I don't know about that. Is that a thing Wahlburgers does? I don't know, but it should be. Oh, okay, Ooh, yes. You're absolutely the, the, right. The french fries come in like circles, squiggly lines, and triangles. Yeah, right. You yeah. got curly fries, tater tots, and crinkle cuts. Yeah. Well, well I, but I don't. I think Mark Wahlberg is only involved in Wahlburgers in the sense that he had the money. 
Because I think it's mostly it's run his by shit brother. It's Donnie. No, no, no. It's not even Donnie Wahlberg. It's their third brother. Oh God! There's another one. Is yeah. it Gordo? No, I think it's Paul. I think it's Paul Wahlberg. What? He is. He, all right. You know how in the movie Twins, Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> gets all the good genes, and then Danny DeVito has all the shit genes. Yeah. This guy is the Danny DeVito of the Wahlbergs. Oh. Like of. The Wahlbergs. Yeah, like he just he oh, does, the Wahlbergs. Like, and I'm not saying that he is an ugly man. I'm not trying to like shame him or anything. But he fundamentally looks like he is from a different race of people <laughs> than Mark and Donnie Wahlberg. That's like when I saw that Ellen Page. Uh, I'm sorry, Elliot Page. Uh, he was. This was pre-transition. That fucking like roller roller rink movie. Yes, that they did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I discovered there was a third Wilson brother. There's oh, a yeah. third Wilson yeah. brother? Andrew Wilson. Brett? <laughs> I just said Andrew. Nah, Patrick is right to punch that name up yeah. a little bit, though. Brett. Brett. Andrew Wilson. Yeah, doesn't he play Beef Supreme in Idiocracy? <laughs> nah, he still wrestles in Canada, right? Like, one day he'll come over. <laughs> yeah, he's part of the Heart Foundation. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Guys, no joking though. There is a Bret Hart as appeared on the Simpsons action figure. <laughs> God damn it! That's I need awesome. That one and the John Waters one, like right now. Yeah, that'd be pretty awesome. Listener, yeah. just if you have one, smush it into the headphones you're listening to. <laughs> yeah, I'll get it. Oh, what is this coming out of my microphone? Oh, oh, it's just shit. <laughs> John, they hate us. Oh. Man, I was uh, hoping it'd be a Simpsons figure. No, the bots are very upset today. <laughs> uh, Who else is upset but fucking Jean-Claude Van Damme? Because he's like, that was my one witness. Now he's dead. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but then he gets back and it's take your senator to work day. And there's Aaron McComb looking him in the face. All talking to him about how he caught his partner doing the dirty. And he's like, oh, me, Ron Silver? I'm just running for president. But wouldn't you know it? It takes a lot of money to run for president. Apropos of nothing, are you going to continue investigating this crime of your partner being killed? I mean, dying of his own accord? You are? Maybe we should stare at each other with longing gazes for a while. Oh, that doesn't seem to deter you at all. Well... Goodbye, it's me, totally innocent senator. Bye. No joke, Van Damme and Ron Silver share multiple long gazes into each other's eyes, and I kind of wish they'd have fucked. Sure. Well, Jean-Claude Van Damme has the um, uh, Jack Nicholson approach to acting, where it's like, whoever my scene partner is, I'm just trying to get in their pants. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so anyways, uh, Van Damme is just like, I'm gonna get him, I'm gonna get you good. So him and his boss, Matusak, who is played by Bruce McGill, uh, fucking D-Day from Animal House. Yeah. Yeah. And a number of other things. Oh, so many other things. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, he's just like, you seem like you're out of sorts. And he's like, that guy's the guy who killed our part, who sent our partner back, and he's trying to steal money to run for president. I'm gonna go stop him. And he's like... You're crazy. You don't have any witnesses. Fucking Jean-Claude Van Damme, you're insane. You know how senators raise money to run for office? By taking one meeting with a lobbyist. Yep. They don't need to travel through time. It's called bribery. Yeah, we should also (laughs) point out that uh, this movie is eerily prescient 
of our Ooh. current political uh, oh, climate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Aaron McComb is virtually Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah he is virtuosity Donald Trump. Yeah, well, he, he goes in he goes the... into the real world and he needs to eat glass to survive. <laughs> He's in it with the pro-life, pro-death penalty camp that's also made up of white supremacists. Yeah. Yeah. And they just got enough votes to get equal funding in federal election money. And he explains to his idiot political consultants that he doesn't need money for all sorts of crap. He just needs to be on TV. Yeah. But then he needs to know how much money he needs to be, to on, be TV. on TV. But that's the only amount of money he needs. Yeah. And it was like $3 million or it was something? 50. Was it 50? It was a lot of uh, okay. money. It is 2004 money, so, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the movie takes place in 2004 now. Did we say that? Well, it takes place in 2004 and 1994 and 1939 and Civil War times. And Civil War times. Not to blow your mind, but this movie has time travel in it. What? (laughs) Yeah, not just copping. They're not just copping real punctually. Yeah. So meanwhile, uh, Senator McComb is just like, well, we can't have this Walker looking into my shit. We better send uh, we better send someone to take care of him real good. So Van Damme is back at his uh, apartment, uh, which is just, everything is gray. It yes. literally looks like every single item in his house has been is made out of concrete and has been sprayed the same color of gray. And we learn that he comes from home from work every day, does not turn the lights on, but plays old home videos of his wife where he does his own lines. Yes, just like uh, later on, Tom Cruise would do in Minority Report. Correct. Yeah. He also, this is one of my favorite future things that is always in future movies, where liquor bottles have super stubby pour spouts Oh yeah, well they got liquor bottles in the Coke bottles. Yeah. It was great. So he's just like drinking a whole bottle of booze, falls asleep on his couch in his tidy whities That's when the goons show and he up. he wakes up to a stun gun. Yes, that's right. A stun gun, uh, like a taser gun is like shot. He wakes up and dodges it just in time as it explodes a pillow. Yeah. And then as soon as he stands up, a man with two knives appears out of the dark and goes, Ah! That's when Jean-Claude Van Damme realizes, I never finished cutting that onion from the night before. To the knife! True yeah. facts, he has a knife on his kitchen counter that's just submerged in an onion. Buddy, I can't tell you the number of times I've gotten a quarter of a way through an onion, said, fuck this, this is bullshit, <laughs> and just walked out. Ah, uh, you uh, fool. You put it in the freezer for a little bit and then you grate that shit. Now, I love the idea that John starts to make tacos and then spends two hours talking to his therapist. <laughs> I, got, I, I got further than last time. I got like about three quarters, but like... I'm just so sad. God damn it. One whole onion to make tacos? What kind of tacos are you making? Onion tacos? Do you not use a whole onion in your tacos? God damn it, no. Whole onion, no, two no, peppers. No, 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 no. See, see, here's the thing. Here's where I think there's a little disagreement of tacos happening. Like, a quarter of that taco gets sautéed in any kind of, like, meat or vegetable that you're making. The rest of that onion goes into your fresh salsa. That's ah, I'm putting my onion in my tacos. That do need salsa. All right, you know, I was trying to help you out, Patrick, but no, I'm on Mark's side. That is way too much onion. That's no, too much there's onion. There's no such thing as too much onion. There, there absolutely, absolutely is. is. so wrong. She's no, just no, cooking no. long until it's sweet. No, no, no. If I'm if I'm if I'm going to take the time to like cut up onions for my tacos, which I almost never do, because uh, I don't want to, most places won't sell you just one onion. Uh, oh, buddy, there. I'll 
We'll talk after this podcast. I'll give you three walkable distance produce places <laughs> that'll sell you just an onion. I buy one onion in four places in this neighborhood. Look, by what I mean is I do most of my shopping at Aldi, and they won't sell you one onion. <laughs> That's true. Okay? They do only sell you onions by the case. Yes. Have you tried taking a single onion out and putting it on the conveyor belt and just see what happens? No, I don't need onions that bad. <laughs> For my tacos, I use onion powder. Whoa! Same thing. Actually, in terms of taco application, if you're putting that straight to the ground beef, yeah, no difference. Exactly. <sighs> Throw in some garlic powder, some yep. salt and pepper, you're fine. Yeah. You people disgust me. I mean, and I will say... freeze-dried 1950s tacos. <laughs> I mean, granted, I have not had a ground beef taco in like 20 years, so uh, my memory could be off a little bit. But there's not much, like, integrity to taco meat. No. No, that's why you can fill it full of onions and peppers and shit. Nobody knows. <laughs> or, alternatively, lazily, correctly, throw some onion powder in that yeah, shit. Yeah, there you, you go. onion powder, you might as well buy the taco seasoning pack. Yeah. No, I make my and own seasoning. then drag seasoning. your knuckles back home. <laughs> no, no, no. I use my own taco seasoning. It's onion powder, garlic powder, salt, black pepper, paprika, uh, chili powder... Cayenne pepper, and then what I do is I cook it all up. Whoa, 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 no, cumin? Where's the cumin? Where's the cumin? Hold on a second. No, I'm infuriated. Yeah. Answer me right now. Where's the cumin? I can give you if you don't want to put <laughs> fennel in, because fennel is a fickle spice. And it makes everything taste like Italian sausage. But no okay. cumin? No cumin? I no, was just getting cumin. there, you dumb fucks. <laughs> Now I have to go let my wife in the door, and I'm going to come back, and I'm going to explain when I put cumin in my tacos. Well, Jeez, I mean, this you can't guy do it without cumin. Not putting cumin in his tacos. Yeah. What's your taco recipe? <laughs> I use onions uh-huh. and two bell peppers. Good so and far. And one spicy uh, pepper. Red, white, or, uh, red, yellow, or green bell pepper. Usually green, but I'll get a red one if it's cheap. Nice. Like oh, our one. caller from Canada disapproves. What? Yeah, that's right. Anyways, after I add the seasonings that I already mentioned, I stir it all in, and then I add a bunch of Valentina hot sauce and cumin and a little bit of oregano, and then I mix it all up. I oregano? forgot. I've, hold on. Yeah, Mexican oregano. That's a very oh, okay, traditional okay, okay. thing. I completely forgot the first half of your recipe. You're gonna have to start over. It was salt, onion pepper, powder, garlic powder, salt, black pepper, chili powder, paprika. Paprika. Yep. And cayenne pepper. Hang on. Where's the cumin? The cumin comes afterwards. <laughs> After you mix it all up and start to brown it. Once the meat's browned, you add the Valentina and then a little bit of cumin. Admittedly, I don't like a whole lot of cumin. I like just a little bit. A little bit goes a very long way. Pre-made taco seasoning is almost entirely cumin and it is far too much. Yeah, it makes everything taste like dirt at that point. And I don't want that. A little bit of cumin. Just a nice dusting of cumin for that depth. Now just everybody wait 15 seconds for the people who have been trying to skip past this. Talk about something else. Uh, time cop, time cop, Ron Silver, time cop, time cop. Wait a minute, no cumin? <laughs> Listen to me, you goddammit. I love that there's three fucking dumb white guys here talking about the <laughs> proper way to season a taco. I never said proper, I was just curious as to y'all's methods. And that's only if I'm doing ground beef. If I'm doing other meats, I'll probably season it differently. Oh yeah, well of course. Yeah. One of my favorite things to do is just to take... Uh, ground. One of my favorite things to do is talk about the movie Time Cop. No, it's Too not. Late. You hate that. You hate that, and I got it on paper. 
It's good to be back. <laughs> right? <laughs> so Jean-Claude Van Damme has a brand new partner. Will they get along? We didn't even talk about the fight scene in his house with the knife guy. The guy who keeps attacking Jean-Claude Van Damme's one tiny knife. He was very just, angry at that knife. He holds it in front of his face unmovingly for three consecutive minutes where this guy just goes... Ting, 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 ting. Yeah, he's got to hone the blade before he can stab Jean-Claude. Yeah, but then after he defeats most of the goons, he knocks over his Culligan man water, and then a guy's going to shoot him with his the taser. Stun gun guy. Yeah, the stun yeah. gun. And he leaps up into the air, does the splits across a two countertops. St- taser hits the water, the water hits the guy's foot, and blows him back 50,000 volts. Yeah, the taser hits the water, the water hits the guy, the guy becomes a body, the body hits the floor. Something's wrong with me. (laughs) Something's wrong with me! (laughs) So that's when his new partner shows up and is just like, holy shit, what happened? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, it turns out that she's a narc, though. Especially for a cop. Cops telling on other cops. That's awful. That's true. She was assigned to him by Internal Affairs, Mm -hmm. which are the narcs of narcs. Yeah, they're the narkiest narcs. Is the enemy of our enemy our friend in this case? No, you just have two enemies. Oh, cool. Just make sure. You can have more than one at a time. I believe in you, Mark. John, I have so many enemies. (laughs) You know, we've had so many ineffectual police reforms. I'm pretty sure that Internal Affairs is like way out of date on the name of that group of people. Sure. Yeah. In Chicago, we've got Copa. They're all Cabana boys. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. So new partner is just like, hi, don't be suspicious about me. I'm just being assigned to you by the universal code for bad guy cops, internal affairs, because they don't trust you to get the job done anymore. What job is that? Why Jean-Claude Van Damme is going to go back in time to get evidence on Ron Silver. Yes, they're going to go back to 1994 where they've received a... uh, The way it works is, I guess, when you go back... People go back in time, it sends actual ripples through space and time. And they've got a fucking 90s nerdy hacker man who's a super creep who has... Weird Boy. robot porn taped Well, we are computer. introduced to him, him wearing a VR headset, having VR sex at the office. Yes. yes. To and which uh, he's told that if he tries to fuck the computer again, he'll get his neck broken. <laughs> That's right. Like, and we aren't introduced to him. We are introduced to the naked lady who's giving him a POV blowjob in VR. Correct. Now, and like extremely naked. Oh, yes. Full bush and everything. Yes. She's not wearing a thing. This Correct. movie, by the way... Bottom line, two stars. <laughs> That's right, because earlier we did see By Ferris Bueller's. Yeah, no. We saw Ferris Bueller's girlfriend's boobs. They're like, shaking the cans in this film. Now I remember when Oculus Rift was first starting to come out, the first like mass market consumer grade VR headset that actually like worked kind of good. And one of the first like big news articles was just like, new VR headset has new program where. The idea is you have sex with your partner, and you see what your partner sees, and your partner sees what you see. And I, no thank you. Ugh. Yeah, new. Absolutely new. not. New. I do not need to see my own O-face. Yeah, Correct. Un- no, yeah. No, 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 no. The whole point of having sex is to leave your body for yeah, a moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you don't I don't want to look at you do it. I don't need to do... I'm not interested in the virtual Patrick Bateman treatment. Yeah. I don't want to American Psycho watch myself while Susudio plays. Thumbs down. Yeah, it's got to be more recent Huey Lewis, for God's sake. Susudio is Phil Collins! Yeah! 
You idiots. Yeah, and I mean, you're right. A modern man makes love to the Tarzan theme. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's a goddamn Oscar award-winning make love song. Yeah, that score does have an Oscar. If I recall correctly. Yeah, there's a whole South Park episode about how they won the Oscar over the South Park guys. No, yeah, that's right. I don't know. I By the time the movie had come out, that was like, I tapped out after the movie. I was, I sure. was out of South Park. Sure, you didn't have much longer. I yeah. Similarly, yeah. Similarly. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so the way that they got to go back in time is to go on the fun time cop indoor fucking roller coaster. Yeah, yes. it's like Back to the Future, except you're on a track and they shoot you right at a concrete wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so Which the, seems unnecessary. So yeah, the, the, That would be like if NASA had like proximity mines if the rocket leaned a little bit in any direction. <laughs> Yeah, so the way they time travel is, yeah, they strap you into a tiny rocket car with a giant rocket, like, engine on the back of it. It shoots off at, like, hundreds of miles an hour, enough that you have to chew gum to, like, make sure you're fucking pressurized and shit. It's in a room with an airlock, although I don't understand why. Nope. There's still air I in there. I will tell you exactly why, because these sets were left over from that fucking C-Lab TV show. <laughs> <laughs> the That's... one with the dolphin that talked? You're not wrong. You mean, you mean the show uh, Sequest, Sequest DSV? Yeah. And then followed by Sequest 2032? Yeah. Was that DSV the one that was, like... Harder. Which one was the one where it was like a monster of the week show, and like the, aliens show up? I think I think that's the yeah, kind of both of them. So it, originally, Roy Scheider, Roy Scheider's right? the captain, and it's very much a underwater Star Trek. Yeah. But then he's like, I don't want to do this shit anymore. I'm done. So Michael fucking Ironside shows up, <laughs> yeah. and he becomes the head of the sequest. And then it gets a little bit like more action-packed-y in the second season. Gotcha. If I remember correctly. Also, Ted Raimi was on that show. Ted Raimi was doing a lot of things. Sam Raimi was producing this very movie. Yeah, that's true. Good for Sam Raimi. Anyways, they shoot this giant wedge at a wall. Um, and and then, and then these two idiots just fall into a lake outside uh, of Washington, D.C. The no Potomac. spaceship. They fall into... The Potomac. I mean, that's what they'd like you to believe. <laughs> I don't think I'm it's... pretty sure that that body of water and whatever the hell is behind it are not in the same camera. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. The water is actually a matte painting. Yeah. They just fell into a fucking parking lot of regional specificity to DC. Nope. Ran out of runway on that joke. Anyway, Mark, what happens next? Well, Famous DC I, I parking just, lots wanted, for 500. Let's try and parse this time travel thing. Sure. So the wedge goes fast. Correct. Just like the Back to the Future car. Wedge goes fast, and then he it, arrives late it, no, to the Death Star no, trench No, no, we're not doing this. He gets no, a little bit of fire no, on one I'm of muting his your fuselages. I'm muting your microphone. That's when Luke says, get out of here, Wedge. You can't do much good back there. And he says, sorry. It's okay, true. Anyways. That all happens. And then they whip into Washington, D.C. Wedge is gone. That's true, because Wedge is also uncle to one Mr. Ewan McGregor. And we won't learn this until later, but once you push all your Palm Pilot buttons and you whip back (laughs) into the future, you're back in the Wedge and you're just coasting in like uh, you're on the back end of a a roller coaster. Yeah, I don't understand where the car goes, where the Triangle Wedge car goes. It stays at its original point in time. What it's doing is it's catapulting its passengers which is why the two red stains on the wall happened. Because uh-huh. they, they catapulted 
but they did it wrong and hit that big concrete death wall. But the door of the car is shut. They're in a cockpit. Yeah. Also, the two stains are on the right and the left, but we clearly see that the people are sitting one behind each other. So they can hide their numbers! <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I'm not allowed to make a Wedge Antilles reference. John, you've made so many Wedge Antilles references on this podcast, I can't even begin to count them. That's but I'm... why he's not in Rogue One, because he has the line... Look at the size of that thing in New Hope. And it wouldn't make sense if he had already seen the Death Star. You got me there. You got me. Dead to rights. That's why he also has that line in Rise of Skywalker. Hey, it's me, Wedge Antilles. I'm also here. <laughs> good line, though. Real good Otherwise, line. I wouldn't have known it was old Wedgie. Yeah. Well, no one would have recognized him because he's like 50 years older. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he has been not resisting been... for a really long time. That's true. He has been resisting going back to Star Wars, a movie series he does not like. Yep. He's been resisting so long, he used to be rebelling. True. Mm, true. So anyways... When did we switch up and why? Well, that's the thing. Rebelling? You either live long enough to see yourself the resistance, or you die a rebel? That one got away from me. Mark, what happens next yeah. in Time Cop? Anyways, they drop into the Potomac, I guess, or maybe the White House reflecting pool or whatever. Who yeah, knows? Yeah, one of them. Anyways, they go to a fucking... Oh, they start, like, chit-chatting, and... She makes mention about how, oh, I wish I could call my 16-year-old self because tomorrow's my birthday and stop me from having sex with this boy. And then Van Damme was like, you know, oh, Gentleman would have called that boy now and give him pointers so it wouldn't be so bad. That's true. He's like a smart woman would call him and give him some suggestions. But, like, here's the thing. That dude presumably was also in the ballpark of 16. Yeah. You can't expect him to know what he's doing. Oh, absolutely not. Well, maybe you just hit him with some diagrams. That's true. Over the phone? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I want you to draw this out for me. Listen okay, closely. figure one. Yeah. <laughs> Turn the page at the tone. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so they walk off. They end up going to a factory slash warehouse because all 90s movies have to have a scene in a, a warehouse And this has factory. a very good reason because... Young Ron Silver is trying to get out of a business deal with his business partner who has invented the cold chip. He's not trying to get out. He's being forced out. Yeah. No, no. Ron Silver wants to get out because he's just like, I don't believe in the future of this science project. And the dude's like, I don't believe in the future of politicians. We'll never see eye to eye. So then he gives him the severance thing. He's getting bought out. He's getting bought out. It's clearly acrimonious buyout. Yes. Correct. And then, so meanwhile... Well, because... He takes one step forward. Ron Silver takes two steps back. Yeah. Did I mention the business partner was played by a fucking DJ Scat Cat? <laughs> no, you did not. Wow. What a great oh, dynamite drop it. <laughs> so Wedge in Empire Strikes back. back. Good to be back. He has to pilot a whole new type of vehicle, uh-huh. a land... Uh, well, technically a snowspeeder in this case. And it's his idea to be like, hey... What if we flew in a formation to try to attack these walkers? But when the plan doesn't go quite the way he expects it, he rolls with the punches and takes Luke's crazy idea of using his tow cables. Go for the legs. Mm-hmm. Wedge does do that. Yep. Good, Good old Wedge. wedge. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, anyways, so... Uh, Nature is healing, you guys. Yeah. Van Damme and his new partner, Fielding, played by Gloria Rubin, uh, uh, Rubens of... Uh, of sandwich fame. Uh, of ER fame. Ooh, <laughs> okay. fancy. All right. Uh, they split up and they stealth their way in. 
So young Ron Silver is just like, ah, give me my buyout money. Then old Ron Silver shows up in the, the Capri Sun portal. Which again, needlessly complicated because he's like, don't take that check, you idiot. I, future Ron Silver, need to have that money for my presidential run. So you just stay in business with this guy and his super cold computer chip. Why didn't you just go back the day before and be like, look, young Ron Silver, you're going to go to this meeting. You're going to be a little hot-headed, but just stay the course and stay in business with this man. Anyways, he murders the old business partner. He sure And takes his money. Correct. Uh, And Van Damme uh, eventually... And I will say, this is the most realistic moment in the movie because old Ron Silver has nothing but rageful contempt for his younger self. That's true. Which is a thousand percent how time travel would work. Yeah, at one point (laughs) he tells him to lay off the candy bars. Yeah, Yeah. do me a favor. Lay off the fucking candy bars. (laughs) I also love when he first shows up, he's like... Jesus, I thought I had fucking balls when I was younger. <laughs> I broke my thing again! Ah. You gotta stop playing with it. No, it's so, so much fun to play with. Will you stop clipping your toenails while we're doing the podcast? I'm not, I'm just opening it and closing it again. It's just Pinhead is gonna be so mad that he needs to make the return trip immediately. Well, I lost the little pin piece that was in it, so I don't think Pinhead's coming oh, back. No. Pinhead took it for his head! Oh no! <laughs> It's part of the cosmos now. Oh, yep. Well, good for that little tiny peg. (laughs) So, yeah, the business uh, that seems to take place in an abandoned warehouse full of tubes that make computer chips super Super cold. Super cold. Yes. Uh, Van Damme eventually leaps, uh, gets the drop on them. The future goons drop their guns. And he's like, how are you going to get down here and stop me with uh, holding your gun on me? And then... His partner shows up. He's like, ha-ha, I got you too. And then Van Damme does a cool slide down the ladder. And he's like, ha-ha, we got you. And then she's like, psych, I got you. Yeah. And he gets double-crossed. She was a narc the whole time. She was a narc pretending to be a narc to narc on other narcs. That is yeah. some hardcore narking. That is some Inception-level narking. She's yeah. in it for love of the game at that point. Yeah, absolutely. She digs narking. Yep. Yeah. So this is where we get action set piece number two, Warehouse Edition. Yeah, there's a lot of cool punches and kicks and Don't guns. forget the wrench fight. Yeah. Don't forget the fucking liquid nitrogen fight. Oh, yeah. yeah. So here's one thing I do want to mention. More movies need big wrenches. Yes. Well, more movies need mini-bosses. True. Yeah. I agree. I'm, I'm getting a little tired of these fucking Marvel movies where they're just like, ha ha, jokey joke, personal growth, one boss fight. Yeah, Bullshit. No. Have more mini bosses. And if you can hit some of those mini bosses with big wrenches, all the better. Buddy, you already got Thor. He's got a big hammer that no, turns into a big axe. No, it's, it's not, not the, the same. same. <sighs> big, giant, unnecessarily comically large monkey wrench. Because it always makes a cool pong sound. Yeah, and yeah. as you can see in this very movie, you can use it to like clasp people's hands and throw them places with your wrench. Yeah, he clasps Ooh, the guy. Double by the points r- if you play the Foo Fighters song "Monkey Wrench" while you do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he breaks a guy's whole ass arm by doing that, and it's awesome. It's probably a nasty spiral fracture too. Oh, like yeah. that shit ain't healing right. Nah, He's not gonna be able to rotate his arm for the rest of his life. It's gonna be bad. Well, I think if I've understood the mechanics of this universe correctly, he will be blipped out of existence by the end credits anyway. That's correct, yeah. 
Van Damme uh, goes back in time and murders all the goons' grandpas. Yeah. So their goons die, their wives die, their cats die. <laughs> I've seen that episode of Futurama. He's just going to become their own grandpas. <laughs> yeah. You know, like how everyone's got a little bit of Mongolian in them from Attila the Hun? <laughs> yeah. Not Attila no. the Hun. Genghis, Genghis Khan. Khan. It's right there in the name. He's a Hun. You note. <laughs> uh, so anyways, uh, uh, Van Damme, uh, yeah, then he meets like the other main goon, uh, and he uh, punches. They have a shoots. fight him up in the like mustard ketchup depository. They do, yes. they do. The frozen mustard ketchup deposit. Yeah, and at some point Van Damme breaks like one of the liquid nitrogen tubes and it shoots out and it like freezes the guy's whole ass side. I fucking, I love this and I love the payoff later where he just says, have an ice day and then breaks his arm and then fight, fight, fight. Ron Silver gets the drop on him and he's like, I know, I should have said freeze. (laughs) Yeah. Though, you did miss one of the great parts, is once he gets this guy who's completely frozen in nitrogen and he kicks half of his body off, the guy with his one arm gives the old, like, fuck you to Shelby Bill before yeah. he goes off the railing. As he chips off the railing <laughs> yeah. and falls down onto the the giant super chip that they're building? No, it was one of those big glass light-up disco floors. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> he just went through it and got electroshock. Oh, the ones where when you, every time you step on a square it lights yeah, up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. They were all the rage after the Smooth Criminal music video. Of yeah, course, right. yeah. Uh, so anyways, Van Damme is able to... Uh, uh, Ron Silver is able to escape, uh, just barely. Well, Ron Silver shoots Narky McNark. Right. Because she's, like, having some second thoughts about this. Uh, and then he fucks off back to the future. Young Ron Silver has the patent for the super chip so that he can patent it and get super rich and run for president ten years in the future. Again needlessly complicated plan. Just take one lobbyist meeting. <laughs> You're already a senator. The lobbyists are right there. Well, he gives it's their job to give you money. The great Donald Trump line of what we need is an extremely rich president who doesn't have to yeah. take bribes from anybody. Yep. He says that in this movie. He sure does. Uh, so anyways, uh, he uh, Ron Silver goes back to the to the... No, he doesn't go back to the future. He just leaves. Yeah, he fucks off. Van Damme goes back to the future. And oh no, everything's a little bit different. Yeah, so now uh, Macomb uh, not only is going to be president by an obscene amount of votes. He's up 28 points in the polls. It's the biggest landslide since Nixon in 72. Yeah, that's when Nixon says. pants McGovern. Yep. Take True. that, hippies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, famously, Nixon's second term in office went swimmingly well. Yeah, he was pretty much thrown out of there within served, a year or two. Served the whole term, <laughs> opened relations with China, uh, Kissinger did a lot of great humanitarian oh, work. Oh, oh, I can't even joke about that. <laughs> Kissinger's great humanitarian oh, work. I saw yep. that his brother died the other day. I was so furious. Like, Brett? how the fuck is he still alive? Yeah, I was so mad that it wasn't real Henry Kissinger that died. It was just his fucking brother. Yeah, yeah real Kissinger's still alive at like 90, isn't he? Yeah, he's still probably holding on to a pack of cluster bombs to one day Drive him over to Cambodia, that I'm piece of shit. Pretty sure Henry Kissinger wanders from place to place smoking Morley cigarettes and talking to aliens. <laughs> <laughs> so Jean-Claude Van Damme is in his his present, our future, the year of 2004. 
And yeah, he's <laughs> president shitty, to our future. <laughs> shitty president, uh, shitty senator is like in charge of all time travel. He took over time travel, and he's shutting down the time cops. Yeah, a dirty, gross hacker is now hacker with a very well trimmed beard and a nice lavender suit. And yeah. he goes by Richard instead of Sticky Rick. And it's at this point in the movie where I'm like, this future ain't so bad. Yeah. You know? <laughs> of all the futures, this one has one less shitty gross hacker, dude. That's true. That's John's true. looking at this future thinking America's great again. <laughs> Ron Silver does say, it's gonna be just like the 80s all over again. The super rich are gonna get even richer. And the poor, they can go to Mexico. <laughs> Thanks, Ron Silver. He does say that. Ugh. Oh, this is a, it's a it's a real prophetic piece of politics. Yep. But I do appreciate that this movie is just like, oh, you know those super conservative guys? Fuck them. <laughs> well, what I love, it is really interesting going back to the like mid '90s worries, where the way that they fund time cops is like, can you imagine? What if? Saddam Hussein <laughs> went back in time and got more money somehow. And everyone's like, oh, fuck. Not Saddam Hussein. Can yeah. you imagine? <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, buddies. <laughs> oh, friends. It's going to get so much worse. Yeah. All those CIA assets that you're funneling a lot of money into <laughs> today. Who <laughs> boy. Yeah. Uh, so Jean-Claude Van Damme goes to his, his boss. His boss is like, I don't know you. What what are you talking about? This he, is crazy. Yeah, well, he knows him, but like only like in passing. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, we're best friends. I've had your wife's goulash a hundred times. Hundreds of times. too salty. And in this timeline, the guy's like, yeah, no, it is too You're salty. You're right. Which like, here's the thing. If either of you ever came to me and said, Hey, John, I had your wife's goulash a hundred times, I would be forced to murder you. Question. Has has Caitlin ever made goulash? I don't feel comfortable answering that on a podcast. (laughs) I can comfortably say I've made goulash twice in my fucking life. I have never made goulash. And this lady's made it hundreds of times? I have accidentally left lentil soup to get real cold. Is that the same thing? Nah. No. You gotta goulash it. Yeah, Yeah, goulash is is almost exclusively mostly meat. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of times. Also, you gotta hit a little paprika in there. Oh, yeah. A hell of a lot of paprika. Anyway, this is enough. There might be some cumin, too, John. Just want to nip that in the bud. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. Uh, so, boss is just like, well, that's enough evidence for me. You're right. The person who's going to be president is definitely evil and using the time stream to manipulate the money. Send you back in time, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Godspeed. And and then, like, as soon as, like, he gets in there, like, he puts him in the time triangle. He's about to shoot him off when a bunch of guys show up and murder him. Just gun him down. Yeah. But he's still, he's like, he gets the, oh, shit, and then still presses the button in time. Classic. Ooh, and then the rocket booster sets the soldiers on fire. Which is super cool. Yeah. Uh, So Van Damme goes back to 1994 and he goes back specifically to find his... He's got to find a witness yeah. that he can yeah. trace back. So he's looking for Fielding. Yeah. yeah. So he goes to... Uh, finds her at a hospital because the she's, her body stayed in 1994. Uh, the cops showed up at that warehouse fight. They took her in as a Jane Doe because she didn't have an AID. And he's like, I got to go and get her. And he goes there and he's just like, Hey, so this is awkward, but do you feel like maybe testifying against that guy what just shot you? 
And she's just, like, let's do it. I love testifying. But for some reason, he needs to find evidence that she was in 1994. Yeah, he right. needs to get her blood to prove. Well, her blood is what she suggests of like, well, they took some of my blood. That's evidence that I was here in 1994. Right. Which like, I don't know why you need that. But sure, let's go blood hunting, I yes. guess. Well, it's proof that she's got... Blood in 1994 that if you carbon dated it, it would be from 1994. But if you, I carbon dated it, it wouldn't say 2004. Yeah, I guess you got me there. In 1994, my body only pumped Sunny D. Oh, see, my body pumped the purple stone. Uh, my buddy, my body was hooked up intravenously to my Nintendo, uh, Super Nintendo system. Hell yeah! Playing Donkey Kong Country. Fuck yeah! Nice. Although Donkey Kong Country Two, vastly superior game. There's no reason to go back to the first one. One hundred percent agree. Diddy, Diddy's third one sucks. Yeah, the third one's a big hunk of shit. Boo! <laughs> but the second one's awesome. So good. That's Diddy's Conquest. Yeah. yeah. Where you start at the end of the last game and you yep. work your way back to the treehouse. Hell yeah. It's real good. Anyways, Van Damme comes back to her... Oh, while well, Van Damme goes, is looking for blood, blood hunting, he yeah. finds out that Fielding's blood is right next to his wife's blood. Why is his wife's blood there? That thing she had to tell him, she's pregnant. And That's it says right. so on the blood test. It says right on the blood. Well, it just says pregnancy test. Positive. Yeah. Uh, so he's like, oh, and then he goes back to Fielding, uh, and she's like, dead. And she's she, dead. She'd been dead, and then he sees the two future goons from the beginning of the movie who were there when his wife was killed, and he's like, oh no, this whole thing was put into. We're in a loop now. Yeah. I gotta find my wife. Well, his '90s instincts kick in, and he goes back to the mall. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and he finds his wife, and uh, and this is. Fucking hysterical to me. Yes. <laughs> He's got a little bit of different hair and is wearing a stupid vest and his wife is like, Who are you, stranger? What happened to you? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Why haven't you gotten a haircut of shame? And he has to convince her, like... Five times that yeah. it's him. It's him and he's from the future. He's like, girl, no, his line is never like, I'm going to tell you things. It's always, I love you, trust me. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Classic fucking 90s, man. That's true. I look like your husband. I love you. Do what I say. <laughs> they do eventually get to a point where he is like, hey, I, if I ever need to build a birdhouse, I know who to call in reference to the home movie that he watches on a loop after she dies. Right, yeah. But then after that, she's still just like, but what happened to you? <laughs> He's like, you remember that job, Matuzak, time travel? And she's like, that's impossible. Well, birdhouse, oh yeah, Okay. Yeah, yeah, he says, I'm your only friend. I'm not your only friend, but I'm a very glowing friend. Yes. Maybe I'm not actually your friend. I don't know what that is. This is They Might Be Giants. Oh, okay. You gotta give me back your 90s nerd card, buddy. You didn't listen to Flood enough. I listened to Particle Man a lot. Particle Man's pretty good. Has yeah. that real good Tiny Tunes? That's precisely where I listen to it a lot. So good. Yep. I love that there was a whole episode of Tiny Tunes that was just like, what if we did two They Might Be Giants music videos? Yep. Because they did that in Istanbul. Mm-hmm. God, good stuff. great. Anyways, uh, so he takes, he's like, listen, I'm an, the younger me is going to show up. You have something to tell him. Whatever you do, tell him. 
I'm going to leave, but whatever you do, go back home, live your life as normal, blah, blah, blah. And this is where we see how she got her prophetic power of knowing it was going to rain and that they both had the afternoon off. It's true, because future him told her. But here's the thing. She still doesn't tell him that she's pregnant. Like, I understand not during sex, but there is both the set up of candles and take down of candles. She's got 45 minutes easy yeah. both ways. Yeah, that just in candle time. Just in yeah. candle time. Because they got to set up the whole apartment like it's the music video for Heaven is a Place on Earth. Whole apartment? It's a three-story Victorian farmhouse. That's why it takes so long. Uh, so anyway, Patrick is just jamming out to yeah. heaven as a... No, that's a goddamn a... banger, my friend. Thanks for that memory, Jim. Oh, that was yeah. so good. Belinda Carlisle, man. Hell yeah. Did she do anything else? Sure. I mean... I'm sure that was not a whole album. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was. I'm sure she had other songs. I mean, she was in the Go-Go's before that, but I don't know much else about Belinda Carlisle, yeah. if I'm being mm. honest. But the Go-Go's, I think, are just getting into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I oh, think. Oh, good for them. Yeah, I think, think they just had to put out a documentary or a book about the Go-Go's. Nice. I don't remember. Fucking the Go-Go's rule, by the way. And you sure. should listen to the Go-Go's. Yeah. the Go-Go's. Hell yeah. Anyways, uh, so Van Damme, young Van Damme and Ferris Bueller's girlfriend go back. They fuck again. We don't have to watch it again, unfortunately. <laughs> um, and this time he gets the phone call. And as he's about to leave, uh, she goes downstairs and she says, I'm pregnant, and that's enough to well, no, delay Well, no, she goes him. downstairs, and... And future Van Damme's like, did you tell him? And she's like, no. And he's like, go, now. Go upstairs and tell him now. <laughs> go tell him. I'll take care of everything down here. So she goes up, What and I do love about this whole sequence of events is every time old Van Damme sees young Van Damme hugging his wife, he's just like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you get your dirty hands off of her. That's my wife. <laughs> Uh, so she goes upstairs and he's like, I have to go. And she's like, I'm pregnant. And he goes, oh, and <laughs> envelops her in the scariest hug I've ever <laughs> seen. <laughs> Meanwhile, it is like, Bandam, not he to- totally didn't get shotgunned in the face. True. He opens the door and he's just like, surprise, yeah. Johnny's back. This time it's personal. Yeah, and he fucks... Fuck, just starts fucking up goons outside. This is where it becomes like a home invasion movie for a half second, because young Van Damme knows, oh, well, the first thing to do is to cut the power to the whole house. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's a bunch of goon fights, basically, in the dark. It's real hard to follow. At one point, future Van Damme is, like, out in the vast fields of suburban Virginia. Yeah. Uh, he comes across... A shirt that's hanging on a clothes dry, like a clothesline, and shoots it, thinking it's a scary ghost. Well, he doesn't. Yeah, he, he comes across a guy yeah, with it. A guy is chasing him, and he puts a shirt on it, and he runs the clothesline at it, and the guy goes, "Oh, ghost!" And he blows a giant, perfectly round hole in it with the shotgun, and then Van Dam shows up and beats the shit out of him. No, Van Gant shows up, turns the shotgun into his balls, and blows his <laughs> balls right. off with his shotgun. So here's something that just occurred to me. How fucking stupid is it that we named it a shotgun? Uh-huh. Like a... a like it... A sh- oh. It shoots. It shoots shot, though. What yeah. it shoots is shot. 
That's that's even worse. I no, don't like that at all. No, John, your problem is you don't love Grape Shot enough, and the reason you don't love Grape Shot enough is because you haven't spent enough time keeping the pirates off your tall ship. Is that anything like Grape Nuts, the cereal that is physically painful to eat? Yes. Not, well, it's yes. actually exactly like that. Yes. You stuff it into a cannon and shoot it at other sailors, <laughs> and it rips them to pieces. Although Buckshot's not quite as hard. Yeah, as <laughs> Grape Nuts. Yeah, well, you need to be nice to the deer. That's right. <laughs> well, Grape Nuts has that very fine line where it is either really sharp and gets everywhere in your mouth or becomes a giant one piece of sludge. Yeah, yes. either one is a bane <laughs> to the redcoats. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Sorry, I- the only naval combat I'm familiar with is in Assassin's Creed Rogue. Yeah. Uh, and that one, you get the cannonballs that have like the ball and chain and they spin. Hell oh, yeah, yeah, that's a different that's one. That's a yeah. lot of fun. Those are badass. Those are for mass destruction. Hell yeah. Massed. Destruction. Yes. Masked destruction? Son yeah. of mask? Guys, let's dig into that movie. No! Is that Jamie we're, Kennedy? Yes, yes, we're almost and we're done. not doing it. <laughs> I don't know. He was in Circle Circle no, Dot no. Dot. Mark and I voted no. No, yeah, we're not doing Son of the Mask. Same rules as when I and you voted yes to shit about Wedge. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Democracy abounds. Okay. Anyways, uh, eventually... It turns out fucking old Ron Silver is there, and he's like, Look, I need to kill... I can't kill future you, because then I will have killed a time cop, and that's so much paperwork. But if I kill you when you're shitty DC cop, you're just a statistic. So I've loaded your house full of C4 explosives. (laughs) And we're all gonna die inside, and it doesn't matter, because I'm from the future. But... Yeah, Van yeah, Damme's Ron got a trick up his sleeve. Yeah, because Ron Silver's whole plan predicated on, like, you can kill me and it doesn't matter because young me still gets the money and grows up to be old me who is president. So I win either way. And Van Damme is just, oh, do you? And dumb, shitty, young Ron Silver <laughs> walks in with an expression that only says... I was made to believe that there would be free pizza pie here. Right? Yeah. And I love old Ron Silver being like, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> like, you go, fucking idiot. You sent me a message. I didn't send you a message. Jean-Claude sent the message. That's right. <laughs> uh, and then... <laughs> so then uh, Ron, old Ron Silver throws Mia Sarah on the ground and shoots her in the shoulder as Jean-Claude Van Damme throws young Ron Silver at old Ron Silver. Yeah. And this has been established three times in the movie the that the same, same matter, matter cannot occupy the same space. Because if it does, it becomes a weird, like, that guy from Blade. Yes. Yeah. It turns into a, a glossy globule uh, of, of blood, of blood and, and, and veins and teeth. Yeah, it's so super much gross. Teeth. And then it melts into the floor. Yeah. For easy cleanup. What I love is, like, his line before he, like, does it, he's like, he says... Something along the lines of, like... You'll be separated from all of your parts. Yeah. Which is, like, weird. Well, he goes, uh, same matter can't occupy the same amount of space, right? And then he says something else, and I couldn't catch what it was that he said. But he has, like, a weird, uh, like, funny line he throws in there that I told... He just totally steps on. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking up, I'm trying to see... If, <laughs> Go to the instant replay. Uh, and, well, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I just reminded me of the part where then they first go back with the lady partner, and they're like, oh, her blood pressure's real bad, and he goes, God, if she farts, she's gonna fall behind, end of the pod. <laughs> um, 
Oh, what was it? Oh, no. I'm so Well, while upset. he looks that up, what happens next is Jean-Claude Van Damme picks up Jean-Claude Van Damme's wife, takes her out to old or young, very unconscious Jean-Claude Van Damme, and puts her on him. Yeah, the house bails out. The house explodes, and he just says, Your problem now. Yeah. Bye. Young me, do something for a change. Yeah, and he goes back to uh, our future, his present, 2004, and he's just like, Boss, are we best friends? And he's like, yeah, of course we're best friends, Marty. We've always been best friends. And that fax that says you were fired? Look at it again, Marty. It says nothing. Your boss just sent you a blank piece of paper for no reason. wickedy do. Then he goes home. His wife's still alive. He's got a kid. He's got a 10-year-old kid, which it is very established that Jean-Claude Van Damme does not have any memories of this time at all. He is a different Jean-Claude Van Damme than the one who wakes up unconscious with his wounded wife back in 1994. So the first thing he has to do is say, Hi, wife, who doesn't understand that anything's wrong. Fill me in on the last 10 years for fun. (laughs) Which doesn't make any sense. What's my, say, child's name? I hope I kept making them more movies. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. He's going to have to do like a 51st States thing after this. Yeah. But what I love is the movie doesn't waste any time with a denouement. He walks through the front door, closes behind him, credits. Yeah, and then a Smithereen song yeah. plays. Hell yeah. Like, the time most, won't let me. Time won't let me. Inappropriate let me. sounding song. Oh, yeah. it sounds great from 1994. Well, because the Smithereens needed to make some sweet, sweet time cop single money, baby. Yeah, buddy. Oh, I bet they did. Did not. Yeah. Well, and also they needed a hit single to put on the time cop soundtrack so that you buy the soundtrack. That Cole Porter song wasn't good Ain't enough. Misbehaving is a great song. I'm not saying it's, it's not. It's a Cole Porter classic. It's a genius standard. Yeah, they should have just gotten Sepultura to do a cover of it. Yeah, fuck man, 94 Mel Torme was probably still alive. Mel Torme was doing guest spots no. on Night Court. No, yeah, no, no, Velvet no, no, Fog no, no. could have taken care of that uh, shit. This was, ni- this was 94. This yeah. was knee deep. In the resurgence of ska, this that is, Cole this Porter would have been ska. a this would have been a ska. No, cover. this is before ska. If anything, this is like because this was ska and the swing revival kind of coming up. No, at that's the same a little time. bit later. Yeah, a little that's bit a little later, bit later. This is going to be like either an REM song. Or it's gonna be like the Wallflowers. Yeah, it's that. It's that post Kurt oh, Cobain. Shit, you're that, right. Yeah, it's that bad post Kurt Cobain. What is that, Jacob Cobain. Dylan? Yes. Ugh. For the yeah. wallflowers. Wallflowers. Yeah, yeah just like sh- that shitty, One weird alternative. Night. Yeah, period. Man. God. Yeah, Fuck no. off. When that fucking, what was it, King of Staten Island came out, and that song was like the trailer for that movie, mm. and I just wanted to throw my TV out the window every sure. time. Who's the King of Staten Island? Pete uh, Davidson. Pete Davidson, as it turns out. Oh, yikes. And maybe Bill Burr, he's in the movie, he seems fine. That's yeah. good for him. It just, it's one of those, like, uh, Apatow-adjacent, like, improv movies. No, no, is Apatow. Oh, it is Apatow? Yep. I didn't know, like, if he actually did or not. But it's one of those fucking, like, unscripted, rambly movies. But, like, it's got heart, because he's, like, real sad, it turns out. Nah, I'm like, fuck that guy. I don't need to see another sad comedian movie. Like, yep. funny people should have been the fucking nail in the coffin. That was it. That was your one sad comedian movie. Yeah. You idiots. Anyways, that's the end of Time Cop, and that's going to take us 
to bullet points. Wibbledy time! Pachow! Bullet points! And our first bullet point is... Body count. Body counts. John, what do you think the body count of Time Cop is? Five. Final answer. Ooh, Patrick, what do you think? I was going five. Hell yeah, you were. I think it's five, but I'll go six. Whoa, you're gonna one up him, all right? Playing Price is Right rules. Whoever gets the closest without going over wins. Patrick, you are the winner. Yes! 17. What? Can't be right. Where? Uh, (laughs) There were not 17 actors in this movie. (laughs) Well, there's the three Civil War guys who bite it right at the top. Oh, yeah, those guys. There is uh, at least one dead body on the pavement, and then another guy jumps off of the thing that's two Wall Street bodies. That gets us to five. Yeah, Bruce McGill gets killed. Both of the Ron Silvers die. You can't count that as two. I fucking can, and I will. Uh, yeah, that still only gets you down yeah. to 16. That's Guy who way. gets Plus, half of his body. The wife, the wife does not die. She cannot be part of the body count. She's yeah, not. She comes back. Look, this is from the very reputable website, alloutofbubblegum.com, <laughs> that I use for all my body count needs. Listen, John, arguing is not going to get you to the showcase showdown. That's yeah, right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so anyways, that's going to take it uh, for this bullet point. On to our next bullet point, best kill. Patrick, what's the best kill in Time Cop? I'm gonna go with Frozen Guy, who gets half of his body kicked off and gives it the old Shea Carter boy on his way over the railing. And it's the Shea Carter boy that really makes it. Yeah, Yeah. I love a good uh, uh, um, liquid nitrogen Oh, yeah, no. Demolition Man, that sort of stuff. Jason X, they're they're always so much fun. Bring those back alongside the big giant wrenches, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, he could smash frozen people with a big giant wrench. Now, that's my kind of update of walking tall, buddy. (laughs) buddy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He's got just a liquid nitrogen fire hydrant in one hand and a giant wrench in the other. Yep. Uh, John, best kill. Uh, I'm going to go for the kill that the wife gets in the goon siege at the end of the movie. Mm. They're both hanging from a gutter, a very clean gutter, unlike an attic level, which, like, well done, well maintained. Uh, The gutter breaks, wife gets the pistol and shoots up at the bad guy right in his genitalia. True facts, he kicks a couple of slugs right in the nuts. Yeah, it's pretty great. I like it. And then he falls off. Yeah. So many people fall off things and die. Yeah. Very yeah. few railing deaths, but lots of falling deaths. Right. Which I appreciate. Uh, Mark, best kill. I'm going to go for Van Damme uh, just before he goes into the house and throws the Ron Silvers into each other. There's like the one main goon who looks like a, like a future soccer hooligan who yeah. brought back in time. He looks like one of the shitbag punks that's hanging out with Flea in Back to the Future Part 2. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they get into like a big old fight, and then Van Damme just fucking snaps his neck. And yeah. it's real satisfying. After pistol whipping him like a dozen times. Yeah, he gives him the old Henry Hill and Goodfeathers treatment. <laughs> yeah. Which is 11 straight pistol whips and then snaps his neck. Again, neck snapping, also great. I Top love a quality. good neck snap. Everybody loves a good neck snap. Alright, that's going to take us to our next bullet point. War crimes. War crimes. John, tell me about some war crimes in Time Cop. Boy, any fuckery with the time stream, but especially when uh, 
Mr. Politician Man needs to explain to the oversight committee what the time cops are. And they're like, we don't understand. What's so bad about time travel? And he's like, imagine this. Somebody goes back in time and they kill Hitler. That sounds good, but it could unravel all of reality. And here's the thing I've noticed. Time travel movies, 2AT, are very pro-Keep Hitler alive. They really are. That's like, always the example they use is, well, we can't kill Hitler. Yeah, you can. Just try it. If it doesn't work out, you can go back in time and stop it. No, if you kill Hitler, you may never end up employing the scientists that created time travel. <laughs> yeah, Project Paperclip did scrub a lot of those pretty clean. Yeah. That's yeah, all problem. of a sudden, the Ruskies beat us to the moon? <laughs> all of a sudden, that Laika's just wandering around in the moon, <laughs> taking pisses and shits everywhere? Laika was the dog that Russia sent to the to space. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. I know, that was for the people, the bots listening. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you're not a bot and you're listening, let us know you're listening. <laughs> but yeah, I think that, that, is, that that's my war crime, is having access to time travel and specifically not killing Hitler. No, that's fair. Patrick, war crimes. Uh, I'm going to call the unlicensed use of the Detective Riggs haircut. Mm, yes. Yeah. Nah, I didn't see the copyrights. It definitely in the breaks. Credits. It breaks IP law yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, I kept expecting Rene Russo to show up. <laughs> I, I was kept very expecting confused. exactly and exclusively one very good Mel Gibson acting scene, and then no more yeah. for the rest of his career. Yeah. Mark war crimes. Uh, I am gonna go uh, probably with the. Um, like just like murdering your business partner to steal his multinational conglomerate. It's not multinational. It's literally out of a garage. It's not. It's a whole fucking factory. It's a New Jersey garage. <laughs> it was a They're New big Jersey and gar- they can't make left turns. There's not enough sausage hanging from the ceiling for it to be a New Jersey garage. <laughs> the place would be overflowing with pork products. I didn't see one Taylor Ham roll. <laughs> Come on now. Uh, but no, I just think the idea the idea of knowing ahead of time that this thing is going to revolutionize all computers and then just murdering your business partner and stealing the company from him, that's a war crime, yeah, I pretty, think. Pretty shitty, pretty shitty. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry I had to pick one from the movie. You took all the fun ones. Yeah, we did get the good ones. God, I really want that fucking ice-cold processor chip, though. So That's cold. a real good idea. Ice cold. Too cold. Too cold. Anyways, that's going to take us to our final bullet point. Is this an action movie? Is this an action movie? John, is Time Cop an action movie? Yeah. Yeah. Patrick, is Time Cop an action movie? I'll also give that a couple of years. Yeah. It just, it has action. The action, I will say, is disappointingly small scale for a movie that trucks in time travel. Yeah. I want to say that this movie doesn't have a hell of a lot else that happens, though. Like, there's no long sequences where I'm learning about the plot. True. That's true. true. Yeah. Mark, is this an action movie? Yeah, of course it is. I don't think it's the actioniest action movie. But uh, it's not even the actioniest Van Damme movie. But uh, it's got some solid action. There's some punch and some kick and some guns, some explosions. Yeah, it's good. It's yeah. definitely an action I'll movie. So that's gonna take us to our final reviews of Time Cop 
Let's go around the horn. Patrick, final review of Time Cop. Oh, I'm going to give it two Van Dams out of two Van Dams. Fair. John, final review of Time Cop. I think from now on, Van Dam movies are going to be judged on a binary, splits or no splits. And this movie gets the splits. Mm. Mark, final review of Time Cop. Perfect 7.5 out of 10 Van Damme movie. It's not it's not the upper echelon of Van Damme movies. This is not a Lionheart or a Bloodsport. There's no Wilbert Brimley. True. Right, it's not. It's definitely not a hard target. But it's not in the lower end of your, you know, the quests or your cyborgs or not. This is, you know, it's up there. I appreciate it. Good for you, Time Cop. Time Cop. Trim out all the full frontal nudity. It plays perfectly well on USA Today. You mean the USA Network? USA nope. Network? Or on the in the newspaper? Yeah, yeah, it's like a flip book. You gotta yeah. do it real quick. Oh, I thought they were gonna run it as like a comic strip. <laughs> no, 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 flip book. You gotta buy the audio tape separate, though. Oh, oh sure. Yeah, that That's how course. they get you. That makes sense. Yeah, it's one yeah. of the promotional products. Yeah. yeah. Uh, great. Well, that's going to do it for... Hey, real quick. Call me, failing newspaper industry. I know how to move them papes. You Don't say papes. <laughs> yeah, don't ever say papes. That's gross. Yeah, it felt wrong as I was yeah. doing. I was, yeah. I was trying to do like a Newsies thing. And yeah, I, yeah. No, I don't like it. It barely worked for the Newsies if we're being no, honest. No, it, it did not. I swear to God, if Christian Bale didn't turn out to be like a grown-up actor, no one would remember Newsies. You'd be correct about that. Oh, they absolutely yeah, would you, not you know. You'd be correct yeah. about that, yeah. There's a fucking live-action stage musical yes, to that show. correct. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can see Newsies on ice. God damn it. I don't know that for sure, but I'm, I'm, it's probably a thing. Yeah. 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 Newsies on ice. Let's invent a thing to be angry at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, fine. I mean, that's very the modern era. <laughs> I'll tell you what I'm... What is it, though? I don't remember, like, on ice being very much in vogue since, like... The late 90s. No, I meant inventing things to be angry at. Oh, I gotcha, oh, yeah. Sure. I got plenty of things I'm angry about. Yeah. You know what I'm angry about? They don't sell Gatorade gum anymore. Yeah, that's bullshit. You know what I'm angry at? You cannot find original flavor Lifesavers hard candy. Oh. It's all gummies. Oh, that's oh. gross. That's gross and evil. And also, they took the retson out of certs. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, what are you mad about? <laughs> They keep bringing back Surge only to take it away again. My sister went to a Burger King the other day and said, I want Surge. They said, we don't sell Surge. Where she then pointed to a sign on their window that said, we have Surge. I know you got a case in the back, motherfucker. Don't all Burger Kings have the like 5,000? Ah, but a lot of them aren't using them anymore during the pandemic. Oh. Yeah, a lot of self-serve soda has been shut down. Okay. However, I will say this. A Culver's just opened up in our neighborhood uh, as of this recording yesterday on Memorial Day. Butterburgers. And I I stopped there today on my walk at 1030 in the morning. And you might wonder, will Culver's sell you cheese curds at 1030 in the morning? (laughs) I bet they will. And the answer is, fuck yes, they will. Nice, nice. Uh, but they had their soft, their uh, self-serve soda station out. But it's one of the old school fountain machines. It wasn't one of those like the new press buttons. Yeah, no, 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 no. I want all the Fantas in one cup. (laughs) (laughs) Give me all the Nazi fruit drink, please. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of Body Counts of Beer. It's good to be back. Yeah. Uh, We'll see you you next time. You can tell by how well we stayed on course in this one. (laughs) 
Whatever. Well, who once cares? we edit out all the goofs and bloops, this is going to be like 45 minutes. Tops. Well, yeah, once you just take out Mr. Toenail Clippers over there. All the racial slurs. Yeah. Whoa. About the toenails. All God, the racial whoa. slurs that specifically Mark made. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That guy's awful. All right, yeah. here. I want you to stop this because here's the thing. Now you're making it sound like I do edit the podcast. And that's <laughs> patently untrue. As uh, listeners will note, the dead air for when Mark looks up what the last line of the movie was. And it wasn't even in there. Or when you can hear people come in. We do a really pro job. Look, no one's paying us. Those exactly. bots give us so many clicks. I lay they don't. At night, thinking about the bots and their needs. But here's the thing. For entertainment. Here's the thing, Patrick. I've gone to my bank and I've said, I've got all these clicks. What kind of loan can I get with this collateral? And they said, sir, this is a convenience store. You're going to have to leave. No. They won't even let you exchange clicks for slushies? Yeah, I thought this was America. Oh, it's terrible. Anyways, I'm Mark Rosenthal. I'm Patrick Brobley. I am Jonathan Rooney Taylor. And we'll see you next time. Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Bromley, John Rooney Taylor, and Mark Rosendahl. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts from. That's where you subscribe from. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Five stars if you please. You can check us out on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at BodyCountCast or email us at bodycountsandbeer at gmail.com.